There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Welcome to the Ion Ryan Show, a satellite orbiting the worlds of tech, toys, pro wrestling, and pop culture. Here is your host, Ion Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ion Ryan Show. Uh, thank you very much to our former president, George W. Bush, and JH Voices from Fiverr.com for our new intro. Today, we're going to be taking a look back at Survivor Series 2017. We previewed it last week. Uh, we're going to take a look, see how my predictions did, and see if WWE met expectations. So the first match on the two-hour pre-show was Elias versus Matt Hardy. Now, Elias is a guy I really like. Uh, of course, I groan when he's sitting in the middle of the ring with a guitar because I just think his talent far outshines that type of I'm super annoying type gimmick. Uh, I was happy to see him get a win over Matt Hardy here. Uh, I don't know where Elias is going. Obviously, I think we're just scratching the surface of his potential. I think he could be a big name. I think I don't know if he could be a main eventer and close out WrestleMania, uh, but he's definitely a United States title, intercontinental type guy. So uh, we'll see where Elias goes. Happy to see him get the victory over Matt Hardy. Uh, speaking of Matt, I really hope he breaks soon. I mean, realistically, when he came back to the WWE, it was a thrill to see him and Jeff as our uh, tag team champions. But we all want to see broken Matt Hardy. I understand that there's legal ramifications and certain things are tied up with TNA, Impact, GFW, Anthem, whoever it is now. Uh, but if he has to be woken, Matt Hardy, whatever, that could really bolster your mid-card heading into WrestleMania. I think people would tune in, really get a kick out of it. I don't know who he would fight with. I don't know when Jeff's going to return. I don't know what his timetable is. Um, but maybe Matt could feud against Bray Wyatt. <laughs> that would be the biggest battle of crazy nonsense ever. But maybe we could take Bray less seriously or he could take himself less seriously uh, without it really turning into a total mockery. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with Matt Hardy. I hope he breaks soon. So, continuing on, uh, our first championship match of the night was Enzo Amore versus Kalisto. Uh, Enzo won, as he should, and uh, it makes a lot more sense now as they just announced that coming to 205 Live, coming to the Cruiserweight division on Raw, is Hideo Itami from NXT. Uh, if you knew Hideo Itami before he got to WWE and NXT, um, his name was Kenta. And there was guys out there like CM Punk and like Daniel Bryan that were singing this man's praises, saying he's one of the best competitors in the world. Uh, and if you saw some of his matches from Japan, you would probably agree. Unfortunately, due to injury, he's kind of been off and on, off and on, and never really got to become a main event title contender in NXT. Uh, I think he's got a ton of talent. Uh, 205 Live is probably a great place for him. If that works out well, who knows? He could tr maybe transcend into the main roster. Uh, but I can't wait to see him give a go-to-sleep to Enzo Amore and take that belt off of him. Uh, so next up on the pre-show was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Breezango. Uh, now, I'm not sure if there is a match on this card uh, in which I enjoy all the competitors as much as I enjoy these four men. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are terrific together. Uh, it's hap I'm thrilled to see that they've mended their friendship and they're best friends again. And I look forward to seeing what they do on SmackDown during WrestleMania season in 2018. Uh, but Brazango, 
man, they are like the unsung heroes of SmackDown Live in the fact that they do these backstage segments, which are utterly ridiculous, but completely delightful as far as I'm concerned. For the longest time, and you heard me say last week, I like guys that like to fight. I don't love characters. I don't love when I have to call someone Fandango. Uh, but Breeze and Fandango have made it a fan of me. Uh, the parodies they do are fun, and they're funny, and they really lighten the mood on SmackDown. And they're kind of just, I understand for the longest time, they were kind of off on their own little island uh, that these, nothing was really having ramifications inside the ring. Um, but I was happy to see them get a little match on pay-per-view and I look forward to more of that. These two, these two dudes are extremely athletic. Uh, at one point in my crazy fantasy booking, I was thinking that if they were ever going to do a type of bullet club in WWE, that you could really have these two be your young bucks. They're that funny. They're that charismatic, and they're that talented. Uh, we'll see what happens for them. I was just happy to see them on my TV on Sunday night. Uh, so the actual Survivor Series show opened up with The Shield and The New Day, and uh, here we are, six guys that do what they do incredibly well. Uh, New Day kind of played the bad guys a little bit there, uh, but it, it's hard to boo The New Day. Uh, I was happy to see how they finished the match. Um I was happy to see the Shield get a victory. Uh, this is nothing. This isn't necessarily a classic that is going to change the wrestling landscape for years to come. But they did a good job. So uh, yeah, the Shield went over there as we predicted. Uh, then we had Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, and again, our prediction and our expectation was kind of spot on. It, it was a little bit of a shocker to see Becky Lynch go out so early. Um, it was also a little bit of a disappointment that Natalia did. I mean, I like Natalia, but I really hoped that Paige was going to join that team. Uh, I think her return on Raw was was actually, it worked. It was cool. Um, but that match would have been a little bit more exciting had Paige been in it. But yeah, we had Asuka as the sole survivor, as we expected, uh, as we wanted. So uh, yeah, we, na- we hit that nail on the head. Uh, speaking of hitting the nail on the head, we had Baron Corbin going over Miz, and that is also exactly what happened. Uh, Corbin did a really good job. Miz worked his tail off. Um, I-, I do have to say, after watching Miz and Roman Reigns the following night on Raw, last night on Raw, Miz is good. He, I mean, I- we understand we know his character is good. Um, I had a friend, Tom, write me, and it made me crack up, and he says... Miz, you mean the best baby face on the roster? And I said, well, what the heck do you mean? He goes, I don't know. He stands up for his wife. He takes no shortcuts. He works hard. And I kind of laughed. I said, well, yeah, the Miz is almost a good guy if he wasn't one of the most insufferable personalities in the world. I, I would love to know what Miz was like in, in real life. Uh, I would love to meet him and chat with him and hang out with him for a little bit. Um, but yeah, the Miz is just outstanding. He's had one of the best 2017s of anybody in the WWE. Uh, he won't win Superstar of the Year. Uh, or, I don't know, maybe he will. But yeah, good job, Baron Corbin and Miz. Uh, next up was our tag team champions, Jimmy and Jay versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, this match was actually one of the longest matches on Survivor Series. And uh, they did a lot with the time they had. They did a really good job. We saw the brute strength of Cesaro and Sheamus, and we saw the athleticism of Jimmy and Jay. I'm glad that they picked up the victory. Uh, Great things to come for both of those tag teams in 2018. 
then we had Charlotte versus Alexa. Uh, these two women, the crowd loves them both, and they do such a good job when they're in the ring telling a story. Um, again, I was happy to see Charlotte get the victory, and uh, Alexa Bliss, though, especially with the events of Raw last night where um, she was attacked. That's my Amazon Echo again. Um, it looks like that she is maybe leaning towards being a good guy now, now that it looks like she's probably going to feud with the likes of Paige and Mandy Bros and Sonya Deville. So uh, good on them. We, we nailed that prediction. Now the prediction we definitely did not get right. Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. Uh, but you know what? They both did a heck of a job. AJ looked like a million bucks. Uh, I don't know. Um, actually, I have a clip of it here. This is what Paul Heyman said on YouTube uh, on a WWE.com exclusive after Survivor Series. I'm just going to drop in a little 10-second clip here. I will link to it uh, in, my, in the blog post on IonRyan.com. You can check out the full thing there. I'm shocked. Because I've been an AJ Styles fan since before I was supposed to be an AJ Styles fan. I watched AJ Styles before anybody here was supposed to watch AJ Styles. He is more phenomenal than he gives himself credit for. If you're not an AJ Styles fan, you shouldn't even be watching WWE. Yeah, so Paul Heyman and I, and probably a lot of you, are all on the same page that AJ Styles is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'm so glad that he is our WWE champion. I hope that he holds on to that belt when he faces Jinder Mahal at Clash of Champions. And I really look forward to seeing what happens. Uh, Royal Rumble through WrestleMania for AJ Styles. Uh, now we come to the main event of the show. I had said last week that I hate Survivor Series because I hate Survivor Series matches. And I didn't particularly like this angle going in because I hated the faux brand loyalty. I also did not like the team dynamics. And sure enough, this thing turned out to be as ugly and as stupid as one would expect. Uh, first and foremost, introductions were cool. But the final person to come out was John Cena in a bright green shirt. No effort to be a part of the SmackDown team, which I absolutely hated. Uh, I will tell you, I love John Cena. In the Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks chants, I'm chanting Let's Go Cena. It has been an absolute pleasure to watch him work. Over the past decade plus, he has been a participant in some of my favorite matches over the past decade. He does an excellent job. But in the past year, John Cena has been insufferable. It's almost as if we, we, here, here's a secret. Wrestling is a little cheesy. Uh, maybe especially like, you know, when people think 80s wrestling, Hulk Hogan wrestling. And they think that that's what it's like nowadays. And some of us might even be sheepish and shy in public to be like, oh, pro wrestling. So people are going to be like, oh, you know, pro wrestling, that, that's goofy, whatever. And it's almost like John Cena is thinking like, oh, I hope my Hollywood pals aren't, aren't watching me. You know, I, I hope... Uh, yeah, the, and, and if they are, uh, look, I'm making a mockery of it. His facial expressions, his movements in the ring. In the past year, he's completely and totally lacked intensity. Uh, and he was at it again. He was just being a ham. Uh, he really did not factor into the match. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's, that, that was really the least of my concerns. Uh, I, I want to get to the ending here. Well, let me get to the middle here. 
So there's an inherent problem with Survivor Series matches, because at the very least, we have to pin five guys, uh, which really leads to some convoluted storytelling. And then that's really kind of what we saw on Sunday. Obviously, our sole survivors were Braun Strowman and Triple H. And how we got there made almost no sense. At first, when Triple H turned on Kurt Angle, I thought, and pardon the fantasy booking here, I thought we were going to finally rectify one of WWE's biggest problems. And that is that to the average fan who's dissatisfied with the product, which many fan, when I say average fan dissatisfied with the product, I guess I mean people over the age of like 25, 30. We all kind of, very few people are like, oh, it's the best it's ever been, you know. Um, we all have some problems with it. And we view Triple H as the savior and old man Vince McMahon as the guy that's screwing it all up. Uh, but then on WWE television, we're supposed to believe that Triple H is the bad guy. You know, after NXT, we saw a great picture of him and Ember Moon. Uh, after NXT, we saw a great picture of him and, uh, you know, Sienna Almas. And it's like, this is great. Look at the new talent, first-time champions, NXT, great matches, you know, four or five-star matches. Not five, but four-and-a-half-star matches. Uh, this is great. And then Triple H comes out on Monday nights, and he's the dark, brooding, mean guy. Um, so when he originally turned on Kurt Angle, I was like, this is it. We're finally, finally going to rectify the disparity between the Triple H we see on television and the Triple H we see on the internet. The Triple H we see at NXT, uh, you know, uh, the the great hope that is Triple H. Uh, he is going to defect to SmackDown and he's going to say, that's the land of opportunity. That's where I want to be, blah, blah, blah. That's what I was thinking in my head. But then I just wanted to beat up Kurt Angle, his own teammate, and let Shane pin him. He couldn't just beat him up and throw him out of the ring. He had to let Shane pin him, which was, again, kind of confusing. And then he pedigreed Shane, and the match was over, and Braun Strowman got in the ring. Now, I guess this completes uh, the turn for Braun Strowman. He's now a good guy. But for Survivor Series to end, and for the announcers on Monday to be like, Raw one, Raw one, Raw one, it was a triumphant victory. Like, that was so dumb. There's a still picture floating around out there of Triple H and Braun Strowman with their hands up where um, I blame the storytelling, not Braun Strowman, that Braun Strowman's face doesn't necessarily convey, like, I'm not happy about this. It just looks like a triumphant victory for Triple H and Braun Strowman. It makes no sense. I'm sorry. Survivor Series matches in 2017 don't make any sense. And here's why. WWE doesn't have enough untouchable stars for them to be feeding these young stars to their legends. It just makes them look weak. Um, we know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that Finn Balor and Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode and Nakamura are some of the greatest competitors in all of WWE. But to the average fan or the kid that's out there, they're like, oh, I guess they're really not all that good, uh, which really hurts their stock. So as our former president tried to say at the top of the show, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, uh, shame on me. <laughs> I don't know why I expected anything different for the Survivor Series ending. Um, the next day on Raw and SmackDown, they more or less just kind of pressed the reset button. And Survivor Series just kind of didn't feel important, as it pretty much almost never does. Realistically, if you're going to continue to do Survivor Series matches, 
you need to tell a story in there uh, that the sole survivors on the team all get to pick their spot in the Royal Rumble. I mean, those two events are close enough. Or, um, you know, something to do with WrestleMania that, that the winner, you know, like they used to do with the All-Star Game, how and that was a terrible idea, but the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, whoever won that, their team got home field advantage in the World Series. Um, with the Universal title and the WWE title, uh, it could say, oh, you know, if if uh, SmackDown wins, the WWE title closes WrestleMania, or you know, if Raw wins, the Universal title does. You need to put something on the line to make Survivor Series mean something. Why these guys uh, would risk life and limb, why they would have brand loyalty, uh, and you also just need to put stars in there that won't be hurt by the outcome, and that will be positively affected by the outcome. That. You know, even if Finn Balor gets pinned, have him eliminate two guys first or whatever. Uh, but instead, we ended this stupid Survivor Series show with Shane and Triple H and Braun Strowman pretty much being a non-factor. Like, how long can we do this? And and it's very hard for me because I like the concept of Triple H. He is the savior. He's, you know, the guy that nails NXT. Uh, and I do want to talk about NXT in a second here. Um, but he's the guy that gives us NXT, that gives us, you know, three or four of the best wrestling shows every single year. Then he shows up on Monday night and he's just as insufferable. And I don't know if that's like, oh, well, that's Vince making the poor decisions or, or are we giving Triple H too much credit? I don't know, but why would Triple H and Braun Strowman be the final two people in that match? Why would Triple H be? Be the featured superstar in the final 10 minutes of that match. Uh, it started cool. I was happy to see him versus the NXT guys. That was awesome. But we've reached a point now where the most important pay-per-views are Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and really Money in the Bank. Now, SummerSlam falls somewhere in there because we usually have a big title match. A couple big title matches on there. Um, but in terms of what they mean to the rest of the year, Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank are far more important than stupid Survivor Series. Now, here again is kind of the embarrassing thing. For as much as Survivor Series was actually not a terrible uh, pay-per-view, NXT the night before destroyed it. It blew it out of the water. That seems to happen every single weekend that we have an NXT and WWE show. NXT has incredible athletes, great storytelling, and oftentimes better matches. I don't know if I'm a sucker for the lighting, for the uh, for the black uh, ring, uh, for the scaled-down grittiness of it. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think NXT is just more appealing to the to the eye when I watch it. And surely the outcome and the storytelling is just so much better. Now, I do know NXT has one big benefit. If you go back one year, and where was Survivor Series last year? Toronto. Uh, and you look at that card, and fast forward one year, the authors of Pain are the only people that performed at NXT last year, right before Survivor Series, and this year. Uh, the rest of the people have gone up or gotten injured or, um, yeah, it's just, it's incredible the turnover that they have there. 
And uh, that keeps things fun and fresh. And, you know, in WWE, that's kind of where it's like careers go to die, kind of. I mean, that's that's overstating it. But it's the second you get to the main roster, it's just a countdown until you get stale. Very few people um, have the creative freedom to be able to reinvent themselves. Uh, I watched the Kevin Owens 365, and I loved, and I knew, I knew, the second that he walked out on SmackDown the night after Raw... He had a totally different look, kind of. You know, he cut his hair, he shaved his beard, he was wearing a suit, which he had never worn before, really. And um, Kevin Owens made a conscious effort to say, this iteration of me is going to be different than the one that was on Raw. And um, that was so appealing. But a lot of guys in WWE don't don't get that freedom or maybe don't have that creativity or they're too afraid to to ask for more, demand more. They're kind of just happy to be there. And I understand that. We all have a boss. Uh, it's one of the scariest things in the world when we got to walk in the boss into the boss's office and tell him that something isn't working for us, you know? Um, but yeah, NXT won the weekend. Survivor Series was really good up until that, that main event. Uh, November and December are usually, with the holiday season, just kind of meh. Uh, in WWE, but where things are revving back up for the Royal Rumble, I don't know what they're going to do, but um, yeah, we'll do a preview like this for Clash of Champions. This will probably be the last wrestling podcast for a while. Um, if you enjoy listening to me, uh, if you use Anchor, you can actually call in. Uh, that's an app, Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. Uh you can actually call in, and maybe I'll feature you on the show. And um, you can subscribe now on iTunes and uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. With Black Friday right around the corner, I want to remind you all, you can go to ionryan.sale. What I do is I put all the good deals I find on Amazon up there. Uh, usually the criteria is it has to be at least 40% off. I prefer to put 60% off. Uh, but, yeah, if you go through ionryan.sale, You'll see some WWE toys, some Funko Pops, uh, some DVDs. You can also sign up for an Amazon Prime trial there. Um, so, it's okay. Sorry, guys. As you heard, the wife walked in there at the end. I apologize if I was a little distracted today. Amigo, who you guys know well if you follow me on Instagram, at IonRyan, uh, he had to get some surgery today. That's my cat. He's laying next to me right now, so I just try and finish this up. Not going to put too much more time into editing, so I apologize that I leave in a lot of the ums and uhs and likes. Trying to do this better every single week. Hopefully, we'll be back with a little bit of video next week. Get talking about toys. Remember, you can always follow along at ionryan.com. There's some links there, ionryan.sal, at ionryan on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Thank you again to uh, JH Voices from Fiverr, and of course, TJ Kong and the Atomic Bomb for the intro. Uh, hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, and I'll see you when I see you. That's a terrible sign-off. I'm leaving it. I don't care. Goodbye and good night.